This is Life, Family, Liberty, a radio show and podcast from California Family Council. I'm Jonathan Keller, your host, the CEO and president of California Family Council. It is Monday, May 15th. Very happy to be back with you. Hope you all had a wonderful Mother's Day. I didn't get to see my mom in person. She's out in Kansas, but I talked with her on the phone and also took my wife, who is a expectant mother, out to brunch, which is very fun and really exciting for us. Uh, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary last week, so we've had some, some ups and downs. Mother's Day has been a little bit tough. My wife and I have had two miscarriages in the past and just struggled with wondering what God's will is for children and everything, but this year is a very exciting time. We're due with our first child, or well, technically our third pregnancy, first living child here in September. So we're very excited to take my wife out for a Mother's Day brunch. So anyway, hope you all had a wonderful Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to my mom, Mary, and to all the other moms out there. Now, changing topics just a little bit. (laughs) Uh, If you are in Fresno, California, you are listening to this show live on AM 1680, The Answer, the local Salem radio affiliate. And we have a local news story for you. If you are listening on the podcast, you know that a lot of times we focus on California-centric stories, and we don't always talk, even though we broadcast out of Fresno, we don't always talk about local stories that are central to Fresno. But we actually have a very local story today. In fact, I want to bring on via phone our good friend, John Girardi. Mr. Girardi is the director of Right to Life of Central California. John, thanks for calling in today. Thanks for having me on, Mr. Jonathan. So we're kind of uh, switching our roles. Last year, you had me on via phone uh, when you were guest hosting for Jim Franklin Live. Today, I wanted you on because of all the weeks to have you on the show, even for one segment, this week is extremely important. We have uh, a really vitally important story talking about the rights of free speech, the rights of pro-life students. And just to set it up, I wanted to play quickly a little clip from ABC 30, the local affiliate here, and their anchor, Liz Harrison, talking about what happened on the campus of Fresno State earlier this month. A Fresno State professor is facing a lawsuit tonight accused of recruiting his students to block the free speech of others. Action News anchor Veronica Miracle tells us how the university is responding. On the Fresno State campus, the end of the school year is in sight. But for some students, the fight for free speech is their only focus. Excuse me, we have permission for all of this? No, you don't. In this now viral video provided by Students for Life of America, Bernadette Tacey faces off with a Fresno State professor. You have permission to put it down. Yes, we do. permission to get rid of it. She's one of the founders and president of Fresno State Students for Life, whose messages were widely away on camera. It was just something for the end of the year. Uh, we were supporting pregnant and parenting students on campus, and so that's what the positive life-affirming messages were for. Those messages are listed in a lawsuit filed Thursday on behalf of Tacey and other students. The Alliance Defending Freedom is taking up a free speech fight against Professor William Greg Thatcher. When I asked him why he was doing it, he said that he was exercising his free speech rights by censoring ours. In the video, Thatcher says the group's messages are only allowed in the free speech area. But Fresno State President Joseph Castro says that rule was overturned two years ago. And now, free speech is allowed on all outdoor spaces. University officials also confirm the students did have permission for their chalk art project. And even though it's a hot-button issue, it's not the main focus of everyone here. My personal view is that there's bigger things going on in the world right now. 
and we're sitting here talking about chalk that was on the ground and it got wiped away. But Tacey hopes their message is heard loud and clear and that university professors to be encouraging free speech on campus, not censoring it. College campuses are not free speech areas. Veronica Miracle, ABC 30 Action News. Now we tried reaching out to the professor, Professor Thatcher, multiple times, but our calls were not returned. The lawsuit is seeking monetary damages, but it does not spell out how much. Okay, so John Girardi, you are the expert legal opinion until we get the expert legal opinion, Casey Maddox from Alliance Defending Freedom on the show later. One thing I want you to address just real quick up front, there was a student there that was interviewed in that clip that said, oh, I, I don't see what the big deal is. We're just talking about chalk that got wiped away. You know, what, what's the big yeah, deal? It's only the First Amendment. I yeah, mean, yeah, I mean, you know, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> it's only it's only your right to express a certain viewpoint in, uh, in the context of a college campus. Well, uh, can you explain? Because yeah. producer Brian and I were talking about this right before the show started. Why is it so significant that this wasn't another student that wiped away the chalk messages, but this was actually a professor, a, a state paid, state funded employee that did this censorship? Right. So there are a lot of First Amendment issues that come into play when you're talking about a public university rather than a private university, okay? If you're a public school, you're an organ of the state, you're, you're an organ of the state of California, you have an obligation under the 14th Amendment, which prohibits states from denying any student of uh, life, not life, family, liberty, of, of <laughs> life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Right. Under the 14th Amendment, no state may deprive anyone of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And included in those concepts of life, liberty, property are most of the major tenets of the Constitution, including the First Amendment. So if you're a public university, you have an obligation to respect the First Amendment rights of your students. You have, If you are allowing speech on given topics in a certain area, you can't pick and choose which viewpoints you allow to have expressed. So if you've got a professor who is a state employee, all of Fresno State's professors are state employees. If you have a professor who's going in and eliminating a display just because he doesn't like the content of what those students are saying, that is censorship. That is government censorship. Yeah. Now, I think his his one response could be, well, I, I didn't realize Fresno State adopted this policy two years ago. I thought they weren't allowed to have this display here. But that wasn't really it. What he, what he was doing was saying, I don't agree with your speech, and so I'm going to eliminate it as my form of speech for something. Uh, so th that's a key thing that people have to understand. At a private school, the administrators of a private school, like a Christian school, can say, we're not going to allow a pro-choice group to demonstrate on campus. We're not going to provide a forum for this kind of speech. And that's okay, because it's a private entity. It's, it's a private property. They can do what they want. On a public university, you cannot be picking and choosing what kind of speech you want to host and what kind of speech you don't want to host based on the content of that speech. And to use if you the do fancy, so, you're violating the First Amendment. To use the fancy legal terms, if I'm correct, again, I'm not an attorney. I just play one on the radio sometimes. That is viewpoint-based content discrimination, correct? Yes, viewpoint-based discrimination. And, and that's always a no-no under the First Amendment, whenever the government is picking and choosing the kinds of content 
based on the content, is picking and choosing what can and cannot be presented, that's right away a clear violation uh, of the First Amendment. So, it, and, and so it's, it's pretty rock-solid clear that what the professor was doing was violating the First Amendment rights of the Fresno State uh, Students for Life group. Yeah, and uh, the fact is that you actually happen to know this student, correct, Bernadette Tacey? Yes, I do. Uh, she is really cool. Uh, she's a senior. She's graduating this year. She's uh, entering a grad uh, graduate program at Fresno State uh, starting next fall. And uh, she's been, I, I'm, you know, we, we've all here at our office, We all of our staff know her, and we've been so proud of her because once she got that camera running, I mean, <laughs> it was, which uh, took some gumption uh, to pull out your camera on a professor and, and document him violating your free speech rights. It was really impressive to see the way she handled the whole situation. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think she, that video is going to set her up for, uh, I think, a slam dunk case that I think will probably wind up getting settled uh, pretty quickly, hopefully with some very favorable terms towards mandating that Fresno State professors be more respectful of their students' First Amendment rights. Yeah, and I, I think it's pretty clear. I know we're going to talk with Casey Maddox from Alliance Defending Freedom about this a little bit later in the show, but it's it's pretty clear that the problem with this is that this individual professor, Professor Thatcher, acted as pretty much judge, jury, and enforcer. He he looked and said, well, you don't have a right to do this, and I don't care if you said that you had word from plant ops. I'm going to now recruit students. That's the thing that I think is really chilling, John, is that he recruited yeah. students as well. He didn't just engage in this heckler's veto himself. He actually recruited students from his class to do the same. Yeah, and, and for those who don't know, the heckler's veto is basically it's not permitted for the government to stand by while other private actors completely deprive you of your ability to exercise your constitutional rights. So in this case, uh, let's say you're on a college campus and you're engaging in some form of speech and a bunch of students riot and throw you off the stage and set you up. If the university doesn't do anything to protect you, they are violating your First Amendment rights. And those yeah. students are engaging what's called a heckler's veto. And that's sort of what happened here, but it was a little worse. It was actually the professor himself actively engaging in the silencing of the Fresno State students' life, uh, the silencing of their speech. Yeah. So this is, which, I mean, it, it's just so abundantly clear that what he was doing was wrong. I mean, best case scenario, he should have at least called their student activities office to check on it. Um, but this was a really belligerent and kind of pig-headed uh, move on his part. And yeah. uh, I'm hopeful that um, some appropriate form of discipline comes his way. Yeah, I hope so, too. Well, John, uh, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and play out here the music. We've been uh, running a little bit long in this segment, but real quick, your website, very fast in the last 20 seconds here. Yeah, sure. RightToLifeCA.org. It's our new website. we got articles and all kinds of info about events and different stuff. Check it out. RightToLifeCA.org. RightToLifeCA.org. John is John V. Girardi on Twitter. Folks, we'll be back here on AM1680 The Answer. And make sure you listen to the rest of the podcast for some great follow-up interviews here on CFC's new podcast, Life, Family, Liberty.
Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty, a radio show and podcast for California Family Council. I am your host, Jonathan Keller. Very happy to be back with you today on Monday, May 15th. Again, if you missed it in the last segment, happy Mother's Day to my mom, Mary, to my wife, Julia, and to all the moms out there. Thank you for all you do and the ways you support the sanctity of life and you build great families and communities for all of us. We're talking today about the controversy at Fresno State University. As I mentioned before, it's a little bit rare that I have an opportunity to discuss a story that intersects both my state work with California Family Council, some of our national partners like Alliance Defending Freedom, but that occurs right in our backyard here in Fresno, California. So when I heard about this story breaking over the news last week, saw that Alliance Defending Freedom was going to be filing a lawsuit, I immediately reached out and said, hey, you know, this is a... This is a great opportunity for us to continue to talk about how these issues really don't just apply to some far-flung campus. They don't only apply to Berkeley when it's a huge story like with Charles Murray or with Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos or Ann Coulter. If it's coming to Fresno State in one of the most conservative, relatively calm and respectful areas of California when it comes to academic discourse – If this message is coming here and the issue of censorship and free speech is affecting here, it really does affect everybody. And I want to go ahead and just play so you're not thinking we're cherry-picking quotes out of context or hearing different things. It's a little bit long, but I've got a two-minute clip here. I want to play you the actual audio from the Fresno State professor, Professor Thatcher, and the conversation, the confrontation that he had with Bernadette Tacey, the president of Students for Life at Fresno State. So we're going to play this, then we'll come back, talk a little bit more about it. Be happy to take your calls as well at 442-1680. And then in the next segment, we'll hear from Casey Maddox, the attorney from Alliance Defending Freedom, who filed the lawsuit. But here is the unedited video from Bernadette Tacey as she confronts Professor Thatcher and his students that he recruited to censor their pro-life messages there on the campus of Fresno State. Hey guys, you know we have permission for this stuff, right? We have a teacher that's telling us to get yeah. What's your teacher's name? Thatcher. You're not sure? Huh? So why are you taking them off our if we have permission? Our teacher. Your teacher told you? Yeah, we didn't stop recording it. Yeah, I don't want to be recorded. That's actually pretty legal. That's to record That's interesting. Yeah. Excuse me, we have permission for all of this? No, you don't. We do actually have the email and you can call student involvement. From plan plan ops and student involvement, yes. All right, then I'll... We do. Yes, I am. That's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of free speech is that we have a free speech area here on campus. But we have permission for all of this. Free speech is free speech in the free speech area. It's a pretty simple concept. Okay? Mm -hmm. This does not constitute a free speech area. Okay? Okay, but we have permission. you have permission... Then I will verify that you have. Please do, and then please tell your students to stop until you verify that. Is it part of What are my my students doing that is not part of free speech? They told you that they're wiping out what we have permission for. If we wiping it out? Yes, I did. I actually have a video of it. Okay, here, let me show you. You didn't have permission to record. I don't want to be recorded. You have permission to put it down. Yes, we do. Good to know. This is our part of free speech. Do you disagree with our part of free speech? Absolutely, I disagree. Really? And you disagree with mine, too. No, I don't... If you want to bring this over there, I am perfectly fine with you doing it. I am perfectly fine with you having the free speech and the free speech 
period. But you're exercising your free speech in a non-free speech area. College campuses are not free speech areas. Do you understand? Obviously, you don't understand. So there you go. Obviously, you do not understand. College campuses are not free speech areas. I mean, this is I mean, you almost can't make it up, folks. It's really kind of ridiculous to think that you would have, again, a professor at a state-funded university. You are paying his salary, everybody, especially the people that are here in the Fresno area. You're paying his salary through taxes. If you're paying taxes in the state of California, then all of you are paying his salary to a certain degree. Fresno State is getting federal grants and federal subsidies as well for different programs they do. So even if you're not in the state of California, you're helping pay his salary. But in particular, if you're here in Fresno, if your kids are going to Fresno State, if your family members have gone to Fresno State, hey, my wife is an alum of Fresno State. She graduated from Fresno State back in 2005. Yeah, you're paying for his salary. And this government-sponsored, government-employed individual is engaging in direct censorship of students who are exercising their First Amendment rights, their constitutionally protected rights to free speech. Oh, and by the way, what were these messages that were so controversial that were being engaged in? You know, probably probably things that are very aggressive and hateful and angry, right? No, no. <laughs> Let me read you just a couple of the messages. Of the 30 messages that these students from Students for Life chalked down, only one of them even mentions the word abortion. Let me read you that one first so you hear how controversial it is. The one message that is the quote-unquote anti-abortion message, quote, women need love, not abortion. I don't know, Brian. That, that seems pretty controversial, pretty angry. Let me tell you some of the other messages, these life-affirming pro-life messages they included. You can be pregnant and successful. You know, a lot of these are directed directly at students who maybe feel while they're on campus that they don't have the right or ability to succeed. They're hearing that from the popular culture. Some of the ones that are putting that to rest are you can be pregnant and successful. Love them both. Choose life. Support pregnant and parenting students. Unborn lives matter. Save the baby humans. We believe in maternity leave for all. We support and believe you can be pregnant and successful. Those are the types of messages that are actually being played. Those are the types of messages that are actually being promoted by the Fresno State Students for Life Club. That's what was so controversial. That's what was so offensive that this Professor Thatcher felt he had the right to come in and to recruit his students at a state university to engage in content-based discrimination like John Girardi was talking about. When we come back here on Life, Family, Liberty, we're going to hear from Alliance Defending Freedom attorney Casey Maddox, who filed this lawsuit. Make sure you tune back in here on AM 1680, The Answer. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty, a radio show and podcast from California Family Council. We are continuing our discussion of the controversy at Fresno State University regarding the Students for Life Club and the unconstitutional censorship engaged in by Professor Thatcher and the fact that he basically felt he could take it upon himself to enforce a outdated, outmoded version of what he thought was the speech code at Fresno State. And joining us to talk about this case is one of the actual attorneys for the Students for Life Club and our good friend, Casey Maddox from the Alliance Defending Freedom. Casey, thanks for joining us today. 
Hey, thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Well, I wanted to make sure if people are just tuning in, I want to play the 18 seconds of Professor Thatcher's long rant against the students. So this is Professor Thatcher from Fresno State as he's leading his students, recruiting his students from class to engage in censorship. This is what he said to the president of Students for Life at Fresno State, Bernadette Tacey. No, I don't. If you want to bring this over there, I have perfectly fine with you doing it. I am perfectly fine with you having a free speech in a free speech area. But you're exercising your free speech in a non-free speech area. College campuses are not free speech areas. Do you understand? Obviously, you don't understand. College campuses are not free speech areas. Casey, I don't think it gets any more clear than that. No, I, and you know we're we're very appreciative. Uh, to, uh, to Professor Thatcher for, for making his views very clear, and unfortunately, the views of many you know college administrators across the country. Uh, we've just had the situation, of course, at Cal State Los Angeles, where uh, you had professors uh, recruiting students again, just like Professor Thatcher, and then literally linking arms to prevent people from going in to hear Ben Shapiro speak about freedom of speech. Um, and then now at Fresno State, you've got this professor recruiting students uh, to go censor other people's speech. Um, but, you know, that seems to be a, a mindset from, uh, from many faculty members right now uh, that they can just control student speech on campus. And this is obviously something that you just have mentioned several key cases. This is a rising trend among modern college campuses. And we even saw it earlier at Berkeley. Like you mentioned, you mentioned Cal State LA, but we saw it at Berkeley and then at Middlebury College with uh, Charles Murray. We've really seen this troubling and chilling trend of directly opposing any sort of reasonable discourse. We shared in the last segment that this is not this was not a controversial message like Milo Yiannopoulos or like Ann Coulter. We read some of the messages filed in the complaint. This was really uncontroversial. It was supporting pregnant and parenting students. And frankly, I know the First Amendment protects all speech, but this was really shocking that a professor would go out of his way and be so aggressive at silencing speech that was so respectful and supportive and caring for students. No, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, the only, the only permit that a student needs to speak on a university campus is the First Amendment. And these administrators are just not getting the memo uh, that, that's, uh, you know, that that's the case, that they, you can't uh, silence student speech just because you disagree with student speech. But your point is very good. I mean, the actual uh, messages here being expressed by these students, it's ridiculous to think that you can silence uh, controversial or uh, controversial speech, or, or is it's now being termed hate speech by some, uh, which essentially just means speech that I hate uh, for many folks. But what was going on here doesn't even approach anything like that. I mean, these students were saying things like, you know, know your Title IX rights uh, wow. against uh, pregnancy discrimination, for example. Um, you know, that, that there are resources available to you if you're pregnant and parenting on campus, that they support all pregnant students. Um, these are things that everyone should be able to get behind, but because they were pro-life, because they were coming from a pro-life group, you had this uh, professor go and recruit students from his class to go out and erase uh, what these students were doing when they were permitted to do so. Well, and I know we've had a lot of overwrought discussion in the era of Trump about the fact that, you know, America is losing their constitutional rights and we have all these different concerns. You know, we haven't talked about 
uh, on this show, the whole Russia investigation and the collusion and other things like that. That's a little bit outside the scope of our life, family, liberty uh, topic mandate. But really, Casey, I heard you or one of your other colleagues at ADF said that, you know, there is a constitutional crisis going on in this country, but it's not the one that you hear about in the news. It's really what's happening on college campuses. Well, that's exactly right, because this is, you know, this is not going to stay on these university campuses. It's one of the, I think one of the mistakes we make is to see what's happening at Fresno and at Berkeley and at Cal State LA and at other schools across the country and see that as, you know, those crazy college students. And, you know, you think in terms of, well, sure, these students are being silenced, but, you know, 19-year-olds speaking their mind, uh, you know, how much am I going to get worked up over this? The problem is that this is where people learn how to be citizens in our republic. And these students are going through four years of working daily with government administrators, all their professors, all their administrators, learning what it's like to be a citizen in our country. And the message that they're getting is that there are some places where the exercise of your constitutional rights is permitted and some places where it's not, that administrators can just make up the rules as they go along, and that the full exercise of our constitutional rights is too dangerous to be permitted in some places. Those are very bad lessons uh, for the next generation to be learning. I mean, these people are going, the, the students at those colleges right now, there are students there who are going to be in the California state legislature. They're going to be judges. Uh, they're going to be teaching their children. And it's critical that they actually understand how the Constitution works because this is not going to stay at Fresno State. No, absolutely right. And we've got just about a minute left here, Casey. So I want to make sure in that time you have a very uh, active presence with Alliance Defending Freedom. You're the senior counsel and you're the director of their new Center for Academic Freedom, correct? I do. I have the the Center for Academic Freedom. CAF is uh, we've actually been around for a little while, um, but we're we're kind of re-energizing uh, a lot of the CAF work and making sure that. Uh, that we try to keep uh, the the door open for the spread of the gospel, but also they uh, you know prevent the, or make sure we have a, a true marketplace of ideas on university campuses uh, across the country. Well, and you also are one of the the few happy few band of brothers to receive the blue verified check mark on Twitter. <laughs> uh, that is that's right. Uh, what is the Twitter handle where people can follow you and your musings and uh, very humorous commentary on the news and current events? Certainly. So you can find me at Casey Maddox, C-A-S-E-Y-M-A-T-T-O-X underscore. Underscore. Apparently there was another another Casey Maddox out there. So mine ends with the underscore. Ends with the underscore. But yeah, folks, I do encourage you. Casey's very funny, um, despite the fact that he both graduated from the University of Virginia and is a Alabama fan. You know, his sports teams and sports opinions notwithstanding, he's a very knowledgeable advocate for life, family, and religious liberty. Casey, hope to see you out in Washington, D.C. when we're there later this year. But again, the website, adflegal.org, correct? That is it. Wonderful. Casey, thanks for being with us. Thanks for your work on behalf of students at Fresno State and on religious liberty and free speech across the country. Folks, we'll be back here in just a few minutes on Life, Family, Liberty. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty. It's been a great show so far. Had some phenomenal guests from John Girardi at Right to Life of Central California to Casey Maddox, director of the Center for Academic Freedom at Alliance Defending Freedom. I think that makes our streak. If we, if we can include Greg Baylor, that makes it, I think, either five or six weeks in a row we've had someone from ADF on. So keeping the streak alive, hoping to do the same next week. But now we are joined 
for our semi-weekly segment. It's almost every week. We didn't have him last week. He was in Colorado. But the Director of Capital Engagement for California Family Council, Greg Burt. Greg, thanks for joining us today. Hey, uh, glad to be here. So I know you were out of town last week working on uh, – you and your wife were back in Colorado working on selling your house. But you're back in the swing of things today. I know we've got a busy day of hearings at the Capitol. Uh, it's the appropriations right. hearing for the Senate, correct? That's right. There's a slew of uh, bills up in the Senate Appropriations Committee. And so um, we are waiting to uh, hear what happens to several bills that we've been watching so I know that uh, you're interested in a couple of them. So I can start down my list, or what would you like to talk about first? Yeah, why don't you tell us about the bill, since it's right in line with everything we've been discussing today. I mean, as a side note, I know we have a lot of bills we could discuss. We could discuss the gender bill, SB 179. We could discuss uh, SB 320 and where that's at. I know it's currently in suspense, but we could discuss developments on that. We could discuss all these different bills. But given the fact that we're talking about campus freedom and religious liberty and freedom of speech, I'm really curious about a bill we haven't actually discussed, which is a bill from Senator Jim Nielsen. Tell us about that bill. Yeah, this is a bill that is called the Campus Free Expression Act. It's SB 472. And uh, specifically, it it simply guarantees that uh, students on public uh, institutions will be permitted to exercise their exercise their free speech as long as that person does not uh, conduct any unlawful uh, speech, which would be like libel, uh, and does not materially or substantially disrupt the functions of the institution. So what this would do is simply outlaw uh, what we've heard about is these free speech zones that uh, require students to go to a particular free speech area to express their ideas. And that's, you know, that's what happened there in Fresno this last week. Right. I'm glad that Senator Nielsen is talking about this. It really is addressing a problem that is key and is uh, directly a problem on campuses. It's, it's one thing if we said, well, you know, when is this really going to apply? But as we've seen, this is a huge issue. Um, no, it is. And the good news, Greg, I think we can be grateful for is that so far this bill has actually enjoyed pretty broad bipartisan support, correct? No, at this point, no one has voted against it. I think part of that reason is that you got the ACLU actually supporting it. So I'm glad to see that the ACLU is actually supporting free speech um, and that the other uh, legislators are jumping on board and saying, you know what, maybe free speech zones aren't okay and we shouldn't allow universities to do this anymore. Well, and I think that is something that Casey Maddox mentioned in our last segment. I loved his line. He said the only permit that any college student needs to speak on campus is the First Amendment. And that's absolutely true. A lot of times I think we can think that, well, you know, you have to have some sort of regulated permit. You have to have prior approval from, as the Professor Thatcher said on the video, he said, you know, plant management or plant operations or the, you know, student government or whatever it is, you have to have approval before you can go forward and say this. No, that is why our founding fathers created the First Amendment. And that's why they said that no, Congress shall make no law, and then the Supreme Court has extended that. No public institution can make a law that restricts or prohibits the freedom of speech or the freedom of religion. Uh, No, you're right. I was going to mention there are a couple other bills. Uh, Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez also has a, a similar bill. It's actually a constitutional amendment. It's called ACA 14, doing pretty much the same exact thing, but it actually includes some penalties towards any faculty that uh, actually violates 
student free speech. And so that, since it's on a different uh, deadline, uh, it hasn't been assigned to a committee yet, but that's another bill that we need to be watching. Yeah, and I know Assemblymember Melendez has really done a good job in the past of championing the rights of students and also the pro-life rights of individuals. She was on the Joint Legislative Audit Committee a couple of years ago. She was working hard to try to defend the rights of pro-life individuals to request an audit of Planned Parenthood so that we could find out how much money was going to Planned Parenthood from the state. She was trying to figure out what the rights of the state was to find out where this money was going, how much money was being spent by Planned Parenthood on abortions and on other services paid for by California tax dollars. That's right. And what they're also trying to find uh, whether the this money was being used to purchase baby parts because hmm. um, that, that is, you look in the law, that's illegal. <laughs> yes, but obviously we know because California had this whole, uh, the CIRM, California Institute for Regenerative Medicine, C-I-R-M. We believe that it's, it's quite likely that they may have been purchasing the body parts of aborted babies through Planned Parenthood and through groups like Stem Express and Da Vinci Biologics. They actually may have been purchasing those body parts using these taxpayer-funded bonds. And it's yeah. it's really just egregious. Uh, Greg, we're just about out of time here for this segment, but I want to make sure people know you've been doing a lot of reporting and a lot of writing on this. A little bit later today, we're going to publish our weekly newsletter that has updates on the story from Fresno State and updates on some of these other bills. What's the best website people can go to to read everything that you're doing? CaliforniaFamily.org. Uh, just keep track of the blog. And, and then also sign up for our Facebook page. Make sure you're on the alerts, and actually, when you go to our either Facebook page or to the website, make sure you sign up for our newsletter. We send out a weekly uh, update, alert, keeps you up to date on everything that's happening up here. Absolutely, and we encourage you also to subscribe to the podcast. If you are listening to this and you've just heard a little clip or maybe someone's played it for you or you're listening on a one-off on SoundCloud or Stitcher or something, you can subscribe to this podcast using either your Android phone or your iPhone. Just go to lifefamilyliberty.net, lifefamilyliberty.net, all one word, all lowercase, lifefamilyliberty.net, and you can listen to the podcast. You can subscribe, get new episodes pushed to you directly on a weekly basis. We publish new episodes every Monday. want to keep you informed and make sure that every Monday to start your week off, you know what's happening in Sacramento and in Washington, D.C. You know how you can engage these issues. Greg, thanks for joining us again today as always. Uh, we will obviously have you back uh, every week, if possible, want to make sure that people know what's going on in the Capitol. But we'll let you get back to that appropriations hearing. Folks, we'll be back here in just a few minutes on AM 1680 for Life, Family, Liberty. Thanks again for joining us today on Life, Family, Liberty, the weekly podcast and radio show from California Family Council. I am Jonathan Keller, your host. Very happy to have you with us today. Very grateful to our guests. Really a star-studded lineup today with John Girardi from Right to Life of Central California, with Casey Maddox, Director of the Center for Academic Freedom at Alliance Defending Freedom, and our Director of Capital Engagement, Greg Burt. Lots of bills going on through the legislature right now. We encourage you to go to our website, as always, to stay up to date on the latest news and information regarding bills relating to gender identity, sexual orientation, free speech, pro-life issues, 
family rights, parental rights. It really is a smorgasbord of a lot of different things. I, I did want to end with a slightly bit of good news, though. If you listen to what we were talking about before, you would think that everything that's happening on college campuses is bad. <laughs> think that there is a unfortunate lack of awareness and a lack of constitutional knowledge. But I wanted to give a tip of the hat to Joseph Castro, who is the president of Fresno State. And I'm very grateful for the fact that he seems to understand what's at stake here. He seems to agree that free speech is vitally important. I want to read you his statement very quickly. He says, Fresno State supports and defends the right of students to free speech and to peaceful expression of ideas on campus. The university's policy is clear. Free speech on campus is not limited to a free speech zone or any other narrowly defined area. Universities have an obligation to encourage the free expression of ideas, values, and opinions. The students who wrote the chalk messages receiving prior university approval and were well within their rights to express themselves in this manner. Those disagreeing with the student's message have a right to their own speech, but they do not have a right to erase or stifle someone else's speech under the guise of their own right to free speech. We are reviewing the matter and take the situation very seriously. Bravo, President Castro. Very grateful that he understands what is at stake. I hope you'll understand as well. I hope you'll join us next week. Go to CaliforniaFamily.org in the meantime, but we'll talk to you next week on Life, Family, Liberty.